fans. This is your resident wrestler, yes sir, the living proof, Justin Taylor, and this is another episode of Solo Slayers, which means I'm flying solo. It's only going to be me today, and I'm here to give my likes, my dislikes, and everything in between for the Peanut Butter Falcon. It was released on August 23rd of 2019, so um, we're, we're a little bit in front of this. I'm, I'm actually recording this on the 24th of September, so about a month behind this release. But So this was something that I caught kind of late. It was on its way out of one of my local movie theaters, and I thought, you know what? It. I saw that it had great reviews. I saw that it was getting raves. I, I heard about the acting performances. I heard about Shia LaBeouf, which I have not seen in a long time. You know, I hadn't really uh, seen a lot of Shia LaBeouf movies. And the, the last memory I had of him was, of course, the stuff he did with Transformers. So I was like, huh, he's in that? Okay, you know what? I'll give this a shot. Um, and, and then I read the synopsis. And, and and I mean, and then you will probably understand why yours truly just had to do this uh, little Cinema Slayers review, because this is about an individual. And his name is Zach and Zach has Down syndrome, so he's a 22 year old Down syndrome patient and he's staying at kind of like a a hospital for special people but he has this dream of being a professional wrestler that's right you heard me right he has this dream of being a professional wrestler so this story is very much about this character's journey to friendship and freedom and along the way we meet and encounter other people who may not be uh trying to live the dream of being a pro wrestler, but they definitely are people that lack the same things, the friendship and that feeling of freedom. They're cap they're they're held captive by something. And this is very much one of these uh, odd couple, unlikely friends adventure movies where they learn lessons and kind of like within each other, they find love and they find what they're looking for as people and as characters. So that's kind of what this movie is about. But come on, man, me being a pro wrestler and me uh, living that dream and doing that thing every single week, I have to review this movie. I have to see what all the fuss was about. And I must say, Center fans, I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, I really did from top to bottom. Director Tyler Nielsen did a fantastic job here. Um, oh, and I'm sorry. And Michael Schwartz also directed. So this was kind of one of those co-projects. This had two directors. But this film is just well acted. It's well paced. And it was actually a breath of fresh air because this is a movie that came out. You could say this is probably like a late summer release, right? Especially that August 23rd release time. So we had already seen all these summer movies. And I mean, if you were somebody who was burnt out on all the disappointing reboots, remakes, this, that, and the other, and adaptations of this and that and the other, this was very refreshing. This movie is very, very simple. And that's one thing that I can say about it. It's very simple in its complexity. And, and, and that's something that I want to say about this. 
Um, first of all, I have to talk about the character Zach, our our one of our our main character with that that suffers from Down syndrome. Zach Gotsagan, Gotsagan. I hope I'm saying that right. It's one of those. But this actor Zach, and then it's great that the that the character is also named Zach. Um, but this actor did such a phenomenal job in this role, and um. And it's crazy because even though the character had Down syndrome, I really like how the movie didn't treat that. Yes, that that was a handicap. And yes, that was something that the character was going through. But at the same time, the movie wasn't just about that. The movie, it never felt like it was trying to be cheap or trying to say, hey, feel sorry for this character because this is what he has. It wasn't like the movie made it a point to make that to, to, for that to be all that this Zach character was about. And I just really appreciated that. It also wasn't some negative commentary or overly positive commentary about people who may suffer from that. He is very much this still this person with these feelings and these emotions. And he has this journey and he has this drive and this motivation and and things that he wants to do and I love when a movie makes it more about that than it makes it more about an ailment or something like that because at the end of the day we're all still people right regardless of what our weaknesses flaws ailments or whatever you want to call them may be we're all people out here and I, and I just like when a movie treats it that way and sometimes that can be tough for a movie sometimes especially when you have a character who suffers from something like down syndrome or whatever the case may be you 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 as a screenplay and as a direct and as people directing the film you do often walk that tightrope because you don't want to be so delicate that the movie feels unrealistic or it feels like it's trying to be overtly positive about something and not taking whatever that ailment is seriously. Um, and then you also don't want to be too negative. You don't want to make it seem like that this character is imprisoned by this or this character can't do anything because of this. And you, you, you try to use that as kind of this cheap way to kind of motivate how an audience feels about that character. And that is a delicate tightrope and not all movies uh, succeed in being able to do that. Well, I can I'm, I can tell you uh, with confidence that this movie does not suffer from that. It was able to not only showcase his Down syndrome and everything like that, but it did it in a way that didn't feel forced. It didn't feel like it was trying to make me feel something. It, it did it in a way to where it always seemed to add to the movie. It always seemed to add to this person's character. And um, and when he interacts with Shia LaBeouf in this film, who Shia LaBeouf's character is Tyler, when they're interacting together and they're having these odd couple buddy-buddy moments, it's just great, man. It's just great because Tyler doesn't treat him like he's less of a person. He says, look, man, if you want to do that, then, then go ahead and do it. Oh, you can't swim? I'm going to teach you how to swim. Oh, you've never fired a gun before? I'm going to teach you how to do that. So there really is this real sense that Tyler just did not look 
look at him as this person, oh, this handicapped person that needs to be caught and pampered. He looked at him as a person. And I think that that was really uh, the crux of that relationship and why Zach respected Tyler so much and grew to really um, form this great bond with Tyler because Tyler treated him unlike other people treated him. Um, and with that, to, to speak about Tyler, Shia LaBeouf's character a little bit, this was a person who really was on a journey for friendship and freedom as well, because Tyler had lost a brother prematurely, and there was some guilt there, and the brother, Mark, is played by John Berthenhall, the Punisher, uh, here lately in the Netflix series, so it was nice to see John Berthenhall, and of course, Who's uh, who doesn't remember Shane from the Walking Dead series and John Berthenau has done a couple of other things. He's got some other movies coming out. I like him, man. I like him as a character. He always seems to do do well. I'm always pleased with his performances. And this was an interesting one here because I consider John Berthenau a pretty big actor you know he's around he's around often he's had some star and roles and things like that definitely one of those up and coming more reputable actors and all of his scenes in this movie were just silent flashback scenes where Tyler is reflecting on his brother Mark and the times they used to spend together and these scenes are wonderful and this is something that we talked about as a Cinema Slayers crew with Booksmart where it's ability to use silence and even though you couldn't hear anything even though the words of the characters were inaudible you still felt every scene because of the facials the emotions you could just tell that these two people cared about each other and that's exactly exactly how I felt about Tyler and Mark. Anytime it showed a flashback or it gave you just a little inkling of what Tyler was feeling, thinking about his, um, his brother that died prematurely. Those scenes uh, definitely really resonated with me and probably honestly hit more closer to home because I am somebody who lost a younger brother and um, I'm three, I was three years older than my brother, uh, he definitely died and it was shocking and it was something that uh, the, the family still is having tough times to this day. So to see that on the screen and to see this character kind of reflecting on the good times he had with his brother and stuff like that is something that I do often. So, uh, so, you know, I guess I should go ahead and throw a shout out out there. My brother, Kenneth Taylor, rest in peace, man. I thought about you a lot during this movie and those scenes definitely resonated with me whenever, um, uh, Tyler was thinking about Mark played by John Burton Hall. So, so in, in that you could see that Tyler was this person who was suffering from that. And there's a scene where, um, you get to kind of the, the meat and potatoes of what happened to his brother. And you see that, uh, Tyler was driving in a car and his brother was in the passenger seat and they kind of both dozing off and his brother was already asleep and he, and Tyler was kind of falling asleep at the wheel and the way the camera the and then suddenly we're in a first person view we're just outside the car and we're headed straight for this other vehicle and you can probably tell what happened that um his brother mark died in that car wreck so you can just imagine the guilt that this character Tyler must have been feeling. And the thing about it is that there was never this moment or this scene 
where Shia LaBeouf or Tyler expresses, oh man, I, I really miss my brother and I blame myself for what might have happened to him and I have guilt about that and I've got to overcome that. They never have to spell it out for you. They did it with Shia LaBeouf was able to convey that with his acting and every time you saw a flashback of him and his brother Mark and then it went back to Shia LaBeouf, you knew exactly what he was feeling just by what he was doing. He never have to express that in words. And when a movie can do that, when a movie can make you feel things without always having to explain to you like you're a kindergartner, okay, this is what the character is feeling and this is why you should feel this too. It just works so much better. And some movies are great at that and some movies not so great. So this is one of those times where it was just subtle looks. It was just great acting that really allowed the, the characters to convey those emotions. And another thing that I can say about this film is that it's just smartly written. Um, like I was kind of talking about with Shia LaBeouf's character, Tyler, and how you it just didn't have to explain everything to you. This is a script that doesn't do that, man. And, and it's a script that keeps uh, the, the, the pacing fluid throughout. The movie is about an hour and 30 minutes long, about 96 minutes. So it's not a long movie. That's just about the average time for the average movie. And it never felt like it was overly long. It never overstayed its welcome on anything. If the characters had an argument about something in the next scene, it would show them kind of talking about something else. And you could tell the conversation was a little awkward, but in a way it was kind of like the, our characters were kind of making up to each other without explicitly having to say that and anything like that. I mean, there are just so many great scenes like just the, there was a scene where uh, Zach and Tyler are talking about, uh, you know, taking this trip together. And then Zach says, well, we got to have a secret handshake. And they kind of run through this, this whole routine of trying to come up with this secret handshake. And of course, once they get it down, they can do it all in sync. And then it comes into play later when something great happens to them. So it, even just scenes like that just come off as so genuine and so likable. Uh, some of the conversations that they have, uh, the the times where Zach would annoy Tyler and vice versa, or Tyler would go to do something and Zach would go, well, you shouldn't do that because that's wrong and we don't want to do that, you know, and everything like that. We're just great. Another thing that kind of harkens back to pro wrestling and the fact that Zach wanted to be a pro wrestler. One of the things I loved about the film was, and, and a part that really stood out to me, was when Zach is talking about being this pro wrestler and they come up with this persona for him, the peanut butter Falcon, which is crazy because he called himself the Falcon and they kind of made these wings out of tree leaves and branches and leaves and stuff like that. And he loves peanut butter. Zach loves peanut butter and peanut butter was one of the uh, limited items that they had while they're making this journey. Uh, so he calls himself the peanut butter Falcon. And while they're having this conversation about who the peanut butter Falcon is, the character, our character, Zach goes, man, I, yeah, I, I'm going to be the peanut butter Falcon and I'm going to be a bad guy. And I'm going to go up against my favorite 
wrestler, the saltwater redneck, who was played by Thomas Hyde in church, which was a, another person, Sandman, uh, another guy who's been in quite a few um, good movies and stuff like that. So it was nice to see him. I hadn't seen him in a while either, but the saltwater redneck was this character that... Um, uh, that Zach would watch on these videotapes. And so while he's in the special ad home, and we'll get into kind of the arrangement of the plot in a minute, but while he's in the uh, uh, one of the special ad homes, he's watching these videos of this wrestler, this larger-than-life persona, this saltwater redneck, and he used to come out and beat all the bad guys, and he was this country bumpkin type of character and he'd come out and kind of almost harkens to almost like a stone cold Steve Austin but just a little more redneck like this guy was talking about fishing on boats and all the whole nine so he talks about that and he talks about going and beating people up and stuff and Zach just really looked up to this wrestler and just wanted to be um just wanted to be like this guy and he won and then the and there was an advertisement for a training school and if you're a wrestler out there you know what, what that's all about you know several different veterans all around the country of america have opened up training schools there are several here in texas i was even part of one here locally here at old school wrestling in odessa texas so there are training schools everywhere so of course zach wanted to bust out of the special at home that he was in he had to free himself from that and then the idea was to go to where the saltwater redneck live so that he could train under him and eventually become this bad guy but a great scene in this film is Tyler is listening to Zach kind of convey passionately his want to be this bad guy pro wrestler and then uh, Tyler decides to ask him wait a second why are you a bad guy? Isn't the saltwater redneck a good guy? So why do you want to be a bad guy? And then our character Zach says, well, um, aren't I a bad guy because, you know, my parents left me or because I don't have any friends or because my parents left me? I mean, I'm supposed to be the bad guy, right? That's who I am, right? And you could just see this look on Tyler's face and Shia LaBeouf just did an amazing job and he goes look man just because your parents left you or just because you don't have that kind of a family doesn't mean that you're a bad person it doesn't make you a bad guy and he said come on man the peanut butter that's not who the peanut butter falcon is i think the peanut butter falcon is somebody different and he kind of strayed him in this different direction and this different way to see his persona and that was just awesome. I love that they kind of took the baby face and heel, good guy and bad guy analogies of pro wrestling and used it to really tie into how these characters were feeling. And that was just such a great heartfelt moment. And that's what I mean by clever writing. The screenplay knew how to use everything to its disposal. Um, another great thing and great compliment that I can really give this movie is just the 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 setting and where we were um i really think that one of the things ab about it that 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 just really resonated with me is that we, we had kind of all of these um scenes that that were just very colorful all of these eastern seaboard type of scenes and where, where they were 
Um, so you would always be near a dock or there was water or there was the, there was one time where they were kind of seaside and there were things happening on a beach and the activities that they were doing and they try to set up a little tent and stuff like that. So, and then at one point they were trying to build this boat and that's how they were going to travel. They were going to go down the water because Shia LaBeouf's character wanted to eventually wind up in Florida. That's where he could start his new life. That's where he could uh, try to do things differently because he was actually an outlaw. He was on the run from these people who he had kind of stolen. The He was trying to sell crabs and fish. You know, he was a kind of a fisherman, a catcher of crabs and everything like that. So he would catch these crabs, but he was doing it and he had kind of stolen this um that this um these items from some of these people and uh and i guess the, and, and these people kind of were after him you know because he was a criminal he was stealing stuff so they were after him and there's kind of so there's kind of this chase element throughout the entire movie so essentially that's what you have and then our character Zach had escaped from the special ed home that he was where he was at the beginning of the movie. So you kind of essentially have these two characters that are on the run. You have Tyler, Shia LaBeouf's character, who's kind of on the run from these people who he had stolen from. And he's kind of this criminal who is on the run. And then you have Zach, who this individual with Down syndrome who escaped from the special ed um, home where he was. And he was on the run because he didn't want to go back there. He wanted to pursue this dream of being a pro wrestler. And that's kind of what this is. They meet along the way and they kind of strike this friendship at first kind of out of necessity. But then it kind of becomes this real budding friendship and they kind of feel the voids that each other needs. They kind of, in a way, become this family. And there is a third person that's also in the mix because Zach, while he was in the special at home, he did have a caretaker, someone who cared about him. And that was Dakota Johnson. And she plays Eleanor. And she was kind of a caretaker for Zach. And of course, she was concerned whenever Zach um, escaped from the special ed home. Um, and so she's on, so she's also on this chase, trying to find Zach, trying to bring him back to the special ed home. But you can tell that Eleanor is also a person who kind of is in a way imprisoned by her job, so to speak. She, uh, you, you know, she wants to do things the right way. She wants to bring Zach back, but she also wants to get him proper care and make sure that he's being cared for properly. But her superiors and her manager and the people there at the special ed home, they seem less interested in Zach and his feelings and what and what he's doing and more interested in meeting quotas and different things like that. And they really just seem unconcerned. And I think that that was a turning point for the Eleanor character, just realizing that it was more about appearances than it was about the patients. And I think that she was also in a, in a subconscious way, even though she wasn't at that time, she was looking to break away. So of course there, these characters um, and these, ch and these people chasing them are on a collision course. And eventually Eleanor does meet up with Tyler and Zach. She tries to convince Zach to come back with her, but Tyler actually, and he is attracted to her. He sees her and he's like, huh, she's kind of a good looking woman. And they kind of have this interaction in a, 
at a convenience store, which was a great interaction between those two. But he convinces her to actually go with them because, of course, uh, Zach wants to go to where the saltwater redneck lives and he wants to join this training school. And along their journey, Tyler makes this promise to Zach and says, hey, I'll get you to that school. You know what? Where you're going is on the way to Florida, which is where I'm going. So we'll stop by there. And I believe it it, it was some state near Florida. It escapes me right now. So he was going to drop him off there. He could meet the saltwater redneck, join the wrestling school, and then he was going to go on to Florida. So that was kind of the game plan of our Zach and Tyler characters. Well, Eleanor gets... Um, the skinny on this plan and through some convincing she decides to join them on this journey but of course afterwards the plan is to take Zach back um, so now we've got these three characters going together but the but there are still people who are chasing and trying to find Shia LaBeouf or Tyler's character so of course there is this collision course and he's got to answer for that and there are several run-ins that they have where it looks like they are about to do something horrible to Tyler but uh, but Zach having now know how to use a gun because Tyler taught him uh, intimidates them and scares them and so the journey can kind of continue but eventually we do get to the saltwater redneck we do get to meet Zach's lifelong wrestling hero and of course, he is retired from wrestling. It's been years since those videos and everything like that. And he's not even really doing wrestling anymore. He closed down the wrestling school. And there really is just this moment where he looks out in the car and he sees Zach. And Tyler has this talk with him and says, look, I promised him this. I brought him all the way out here. Could you at least come out and just say hello to him and everything like that? Because you're his hero, man. And that I, we came all this way just so he could meet you and he was hoping to train and everything like that so and this was one of the coolest scenes of the movie at first thomas hyden church uh saltwater redneck comes to zach and they have this small interaction and you could just tell that um the saltwater redneck was just very upset at how everything went and he and as he shut the door he just couldn't believe that that's that this person had been a fan of him and that's how he did it. And then as they're driving away from his home, you all of a sudden see this car pull up. And now the saltwater redneck is in his gimmick, man. He's got all of his wrestling gear on. He went back and just found all of his old stuff and dressed up as the saltwater redneck and um, and, and I mean, it was just such a great scene. And the crazy thing about it is that when he first meets Zach, they he gives Zach his real name like he doesn't even tell him, hey, I'm the saltwater redneck because he didn't want him to see him like that. And um, and, and, and and even Tyler kind of goes along with this and Eleanor even goes along with it. They know it's the saltwater redneck, but they didn't want Zach's image of his hero to be ruined so they just kind of said hey this is just a person who used to and he used to live here with um with the saltwater redneck but he's not here anymore man I guess the saltwater redneck is gone and then the guy comes out full garb as the saltwater redneck and Zach kind of has this moment you see I told you the saltwater redneck was here I told you the saltwater redneck was real and they have this great moment and he actually 
teaches him a little bit about wrestling, shows him how to lock up, shows him some moves. He also invites a, a close friend to partake in the training. And that close friend is actually Jake the Snake Roberts. So it was nice to see Jake the Snake Roberts. And he plays the character Sam in this, which I think is a great nod overall, because if you know anything about wrestling, Jake the Snake Roberts is is a legend. He is a WWF or WWE, if you're talking about present day, legend. And he is a person who had such a great persona as Jake the Snake. There were so many great moments and memories. I remember a time where he kind of tied the macho man Randy Savage into the ropes and his um, pet snake bit the macho man and I just remember being a kid and being so scared for macho man's life like oh my god the snake bit him so Jake the Snake Roberts is definitely one of the most memorable personas in all of wrestling and on this particular movie it was great to see him there here because Jake the Snake has gone through a lot. And if and if you don't know Jake the Snake's story, I highly recommend there's a documentary called The Resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts. And the title is appropriate because there was a time where I thought that Jake the Snake for sure was dead. I mean, he was having family issues, health issues. He was really into drugs and everything like that. And his life in his old age was just spiraling out of control. But he came back from that. He redeemed himself. He got he's patching up things with his family. He started exercising again and got in better shape. And he's looking, walking and looking better. And he got off the drugs. And so I was happy to see him in this movie because it is very symbolic of his story. And he found an unlikely friend in another professional wrestler, Diamond Dallas Page, who has this yoga program called DDP Yoga, which is a great program. I've actually done it before. So they struck an unlikely friendship and that friendship led to Jake the Snake Roberts' life being saved. So it's very fitting that, that they that they called him for this movie and it's very fitting that he chose to be in this because in a lot of ways, this is symbolic of his life and what he's gone through and what he's able to overcome as a person. So I just thought that that was a nice touch here. Mick Foley, also guest stars and he is actually a guest ring announcer for what is a what what is Zach's first wrestling match and yes you heard me right Zach does get to actually have a wrestling match in this and that's the crazy thing about it but this is not like it's not like he goes to the WWE and he's in the WWE ring having a match with Roman Reigns or John Cena or something that's not what this is I'm talking backyard we're outside the ring is dilapidated and torn up and you can see all the boards and this is very much a small amount of people have come to watch this so this is very much almost like just your backyard as indie as indie can be type of event and Mick Foley is there doing guest ring announcing which it was great to see him too Mick Foley is also a legend in professional wrestling so I thought it was awesome that these 
personalities got to be a part of this. And as as the film culminates and everything comes to a head, uh, you actually do get to see the Peanut Butter Falcon perform. And Zach does quite well as his Peanut Butter Falcon persona. So that's just a great moment. But everything comes to a head and that moment is really ruined because these people, these people that were after Shia LaBeouf's character Tyler reared their ugly head again. They knock Tyler out. The whole wrestling is stopped. And it's this big thing where it looks like, man, you think that Tyler might actually be dead or might actually have gotten hurt badly. And it looks like there's going to be this moment excuse me and it looks like there's going to be this moment where uh where you're wondering about the well-being of tyler but as everything culminates and everything uh ends these characters tyler zach and eleanor find out that they are a family that that they need to be together and they all decide to make that trip up to florida with Tyler. And so that's kind of how our movie ends. And so it definitely gave me some Tom Sawyer, Huckleberry Finn type of vibes with it, it with the southern background, the southern the uh all of the southern landscapes where we were. It definitely had that southern feel which gave it an authentic look and gave it kind of a, a an authentic feel. And so all in all, this was very much a breath of fresh air when you just count how smartly it was written, how simple it, the journey was, but how resonant and how poignant it does get at the end of the film. Um, as far as some dislikes that I have for this film, and I mean, there are not many. I mean, trying to pick apart this film is really tough because there aren't that, that many um, really things to dislike. But I do think that towards the second act, towards the middle, there are some elements in the journey that you wonder how necessary they were. There was a part where our characters actually meet this guy and there's almost like this baptism scene and where the, where the, where he kind of cleanses them and you see them get dipped in the water and everything like that. And I'm still kind of scratching my head. I'm not really sure what that scene added. It it, it 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 was kind of weird where it was, I guess you could say, because normally, you know, baptism kind of represents a cleanliness, kind of like a redemption and everything like that. And the characters had not yet redeemed themselves. The characters had not yet kind of come to that part in the journey where they could have these moments to redeem themselves or have these moments to kind of fulfill dreams and things like that. There, there wasn't this moment of truth a moment that it happened yet so it was kind of odd that they were doing this baptism I didn't really understand that so that kind of was a little jarring to me I think that if that had come somewhere towards the end where things seemed a little more redemptive then maybe that could have worked but normally that's what a baptism represents you're cleansing yourself you're being forgiven for sins you're it's a very redemptive symbolic type of thing so to have it come uh in the in the middle of the second act 
And then later on, Eleanor, of course, during this time, she hadn't found our two characters yet. So Eleanor meets up with the same priest person and she's there and kind of has an interaction with him. And all of those interactions are, in, you know, were funny, you know, that they, they, they kind of made the movie and drove the plot. But I just really didn't understand doing something that symbolic when the characters didn't seem to have reached that point in the film. So that might be just kind of a tonal thing, a kind of a story element problem that I have with it. Uh, other than that, um, I think that this movie was great. Uh, I think that this movie was awesome. I highly recommend it. It may be too late to see it in theaters now, but whenever this comes to Redbox, Amazon, or Netflix, or wherever, whatever home that the Peanut Butter Falcon decides to make, I think that this is definitely one you should check out. You won't be sorry. And if you're a wrestling fan, you're going to like all the little uh, nods to wrestling and wrestling references throughout. And it, But if you're just a person looking for something a little different from this summer, if you're kind of burnt out with all the big budget stuff, the superhero stuff, the reboot stuff, and you just want to see something bare bones and simple and sweet, and that's what I think this movie is. This is a movie that is very, like I said, simplistic, very, very simple plot. But it has a big, big beating heart. And that is resonant in the scenes. It is resonant in the journey. And it is extremely resonant in the lessons learned by these characters and where they eventually come. And it's a great message about the fact that sometimes it's the most unlikeliest of people that wind up actually freeing you from your activity. Sometimes it is the most unlikeliest of people that wind up being your family. And that is definitely something that resonates with me as a pro wrestler and somebody who's traveled and things like that. I mean, I used to stick out like a sore thumb in my family and I definitely know what it's like to meet unlikely people in life, to have unlikely friends and all of them I often call my family. I often spend time with them and I'm proud of that time I spend with them. So this is definitely a film. If that is you, if you are a person who has gone through something like that, you dealt with loss or you were in a pickle and then it was the most unlikeliest of people that got you out of that little funk that you were feeling, then you'll definitely know where this movie is coming from. So in my opinion, the peanut butter Falcon definitely soars. This is a very, very good movie, probably one of the best movies I saw all summer. So if we could do that summer recap podcast again, this would have definitely been a mention for me in what were some of the best movies of the summer. I wish that the rest of the crew could have saw this because it was well worth the watch. I'm going to give this movie a, the highest recommendation. You've got to see this whenever it comes out on other media platforms. And we're going to give it 93 declarations of Zach in his full peanut butter falcon branch wings and leaves and all shouting to the heavens how he's going to be the champion of wrestling out of 100 definitely check this out this out guys it would definitely be worth your time and with that being said that's going to wrap up this episode of solo slayer so please check us out on facebook um at cinema slayers podcast 
uh, cinema underscore slayers for our Instagram. We've got cinemaslayers.com where you can check out blurbs, reviews, or other podcasts. And we're on all kinds of outlets for podcast stations. Um, definitely check us out on all of those. So, and remember, guys, we're going to continue to bring you great content. We've still got more movies coming out later on in this year. We've got some highly anticipated releases. Uh, we've already covered some releases, so definitely check out it, Chapter 2, because we got the skinny on that. Um, we're going to be dropping the Hustlers um, podcast soon, or if we haven't already, it's going to come out. So definitely check that one out. I know that's going to be a good one. And stay tuned, man. We've got Joker. We've got other movies on the horizon. So that is all that I'm going to say. You need to stick with your favorite guys reviewing and podcasting all of these movies. And thanks once again for sticking with us for another episode of Cinema Slayers. Mm-hmm.